0: from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to reformationboise.com.
1: We understand that we're a little bit into 2024, but to be real honest, we were all gone at the end of 2023 and the very beginning of 2024. This is the first time that we've been back in the studio as a foursome um, since the year began, so it's good to have Ryan back with us, and so good to be we back. decided that we actually want to do something we've done in the past in various years, but we want to look back on significant and this time significant theological stories so sometimes we've just done broad what are the big events that happened in the previous year and what we wanted to do is that we wanted to go through a list that was created by colin hansen it's his top 10 theology stories of 2023 and go through them to a day for five days and just provide some color commentary to what he has written And so his, and we're going to do these in in David Letterman style. Okay, so we're going to start with number 10. So our top 10 list, starting with 10 and moving towards number one. For our younger listeners, you'll have to ask your parents who David Letterman is. But from our home office in Boise, Idaho, (laughs) when I was in Northwest Iowa, he had his home office for a little while in Sioux City, Iowa, And little known tidbit, he had his home office, David Letterman did, in Sioux City, Iowa. He didn't really, but he would say that um, because he was poking at Sioux City because there was a station there that refused to air the show, I believe. And so he was, it was a dig every time he said it to kind of go after Sioux City for not airing him on their station. But would they know? (laughs) I know, I know. You get all kinds of stuff from our show. Like yeah, night oh, show trivia. Yes, yes, yes. Your yes. so, listener, we, so helpful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> this is the stuff that makes life just better, doesn't it? Does. It? Yeah. it does. <laughs> so, top ten. Number ten: The Southern Baptist Convention disfellowship Saddleback Church over female pastors. So, help the listener out. What is this all about? What's the controversy?
0: What happens? The Southern Baptist Convention is the largest Protestant uh, denomination in the United States, but being Baptist, you know there's a certain independency, so it's uh, not a top down uh, denomination, but the fact that they would uh, gather together and say, you're not part of us over this uh, to one of their most famous pastors, and perhaps most uh, most Christians have seen a book in the their Christian bookstore, The Purpose Driven Life, a lot of people have, have uh, read it and there were some several different variations on that on that book uh, that he had written um, but that was that was a huge deal and it was huge particularly because rick warren pushed and pushed and pushed back and i mean he he went to that convention with you know, you know trying to amend uh what was being said <clears throat> not only did they Ground themselves in Scripture regarding you know whether or not women could pastor, but it also, as a denomination, it affect because it came off as a top down thing. It would also affect a number of other churches.
1: This is not the first difficulty that the Southern Baptist Convention has had. Um, it wasn't that many years ago that um, Vody Bakken took on the, the Southern Baptist Convention in his Fault Lines book um he named a lot of names and and went after them pretty strongly in that book so they've had some difficulty over the years this is a different one than what vody bachum was addressing at that time but any any big well picture well, aspects it, to this I, I think it's it's significant
2: because most of most denominational decisions don't trend this way when you have a big influential leader or a big influential church particularly with money, resources, and contributing to ministry, most of the time church politics takes over. And things like biblical authority and confessions get pushed to the side. Um, I experienced that in my own former denomination. And so I think part of this is significant to say the SBC says, no, this is who we are. This is what we believe the Bible teaches. And this is how we're going to function and, and to hold even a large influential leader and church accountable to that for me actually encouraged me um yeah. to, to see them make, make this decision rather than kowtow to a, a popular leader and church and oh. you know it,
3: it, the one possible ripple effect would be you know something jonathan you mentioned i mean there's it's the southern baptist convention there's a lot of independence mm-hmm. among its uh, very as constituents and you know here you have a standard that's being taken And uh, somebody being disfellowshipped. So how that then might ripple effect in the Southern Baptist Convention itself of will there be more of a coalescing or uh, will there be other churches that will be branching off?
0: Well there's been there's been positive elements about this even before you know you think about Al Moler when he went in as a 30 year old as a president of the seminary and just changed uh, the trajectory you know from their you know their denials of scripture to bringing them back to a certain faithfulness these are things that you know sometimes we think things are too far gone you yeah. know the, that people aren't going to change but uh, you know by <clears throat> Getting back to the authority of Scripture, and this is the main thing. I think this is the theological arguments. These are the. This is what makes it a theological story. What do Scriptures have to say about this? Yeah. Uh, do we believe God's word? Is it just culturally conditioned, uh, or do we say, "Thus says the Lord"?
2: Yeah. How do we understand the office of elder and pastor rooted from Scripture, not pragmatism or functioning within mm-hmm. the church?
1: The number nine item on his list is the pro-life movement regroups after electoral setbacks. So, after so many years, Roe v. Wade was overturned as the law of the land, and what the Supreme Court said was that that decision was left to the, the domain of the states. So, here is your little government lesson for the day. We are a federal system. Oftentimes people refer to the government in Washington, D.C. as the federal government. That's actually not a helpful terminology. That's the national government. A federal system is that power is... is Some of the power is located at the national level, some at the state, some at the local. And in their decision, the Supreme Court said, no, abortion and laws about abortion belong to the state. And put that back. So that now... Elections at the state level carry more significance because now those decisions will be made state by state with regard to how abortion laws affect certain regions of our country. What this article or what Colin Hansen is talking about here is that at the local level, at the state level, there were setbacks by pro-life candidates in elections. So remember, 2023 is not a normal mm-hmm. um, election year, so it's not a huge amount of, of data, mm-hmm. um, but it is data. And what he's saying is there were some electoral setbacks for pro-life candidates. So that was all background stuff for you guys to jump in. Yeah, I think
2: one of the, one of the great victories in 2022 is that Supreme Court decision for the pro-life movement, but it's almost... A little bit like the dog who chases the car now we've the dog gets the car and what what do we do with it and so there's some of this is so much of the pro-life focus was on the Supreme Court and and moving the country back to the state uh, to the state's decisions that once we we got there perhaps we were a little unprepared or a little caught off guard at the vitriol in terms of response and so the pro-abortion movement was ready politically for that moment when the issue came up on the states and perhaps there's some work we have to do at the local level for pro-life movements to for pro-life organizations to to really focus and make sure our attention is on the state we live in
0: i think i think that one of the lessons that we take away from it is that our cultural battles are really missions battles and and when the heart of people change you have to change the heart a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still and you know you can win a political argument by sheer force of 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 the argument and the decisions that come down from there. but people's heart hasn't haven't changed. It takes a regenerated regenerated heart to begin to think God's thoughts after him. you know somebody said um, you know it was Piper that said missions exist because worship doesn't. Oh, this is the problem. Nobody is directing that same thought back to God. you know we've won the cultural argument for a moment, but those those battles would still have to be fought until a heart is changed.
3: Mm-hmm. In well, that decision in you know Roe v Wade was a great decision, but all it did is really it just bounced the ball in the court of the states mm-hmm. and uh one of the biggest i think setbacks was no that the Ohio decision that now you know, abortion is codified in their constitution, their state constitution, and so battle lines like that of you know the 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 battle against the sin of abortion is one that has been focused nationally for so long. But really, now there are front lines all over the country now.
1: Yeah, and I think at least <clears throat> maybe this is just my perspective that pro life people thought that they would win at the national level and have the Supreme Court declare a decision that would hold in all 50 states. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court didn't do that. They actually deferred this back to the state level, and that really changed the nature of the game. Yep. Game, not in a true sense, but in in the whole issue— now, all of a sudden, you do have to win at 50 states, yep, mm-hmm. and you have to take the argument to, and I would agree with Jonathan, you have to take the argument to the hearts of people and convince them of the sanctity of life and the value of a human life, which is really only rooted in the fact that a human life is an image-bearer of God. And I also you think know? that
0: it, it goes to you know our callings in life. I mean, we don't just sit these things out and wait for somebody else to decide it. Um, you know, there, there are men and women that are called to serve in uh, state legislation and that and to bring the knowledge of Christ there. So I'm I would encourage uh, people who do think maybe in more political lines to to get themselves involved on at the local level whether it's in your in your um, uh, school districts or you know in, you know at every level we need to see christian thought being manifest
2: you guys can reprimand me later but just two quick organizations that do this here in idaho right to life idaho is more of a political arm and then stanton Healthcare is more the ministry to women uh Mm -hmm. suffering and uh from an unexpected or crisis pregnancy so even getting plugged into both of those locally even while we have a state that's restrictive of abortion uh continuing to fight for life and make that argument to see the spirit change
1: hearts and minds so those are two Mm -hmm. organizations you can get connected to You've got Path Pregnancy here in town. You've got Lifeline Pregnancy over in Nampa. And I I agree. I think Jonathan and and Vinny are just saying, we as a church have responsibilities. We as members have certain responsibilities. And all of us need to be concerned about life. And you have organizations and and ministries that are out there that maybe you should think about saying, you know what, I'm going to partner, come alongside of them and help them in the work that they do to be... A voice in the political. I mean, because we have to understand this. This is going to be fought at a political level, Mm -hmm. as far as the law is concerned. We make the argument in a moral arena to hearts and individuals, but we also have to be concerned about the legislation that comes through state by state and in every locality. you've been listening to the gospel for life. We're going to continue to pick away at these top theological stories of 2023. So join us again tomorrow. See you then.